You know, one of these days I'll be like all the cool kids and I'll have a big YouTube following and I'll maybe even do these live on the YouTube machine or post them to YouTube afterwards. So everybody can watch Daniel House jam out to the snare drum, which of course means snare drum time, you all know by now, means gophers review and preview or preview and review. I still halfway through the year have not settled on what I think sounds better. But welcome inside edition number 139 of the soon-to-be award-winning Minnesota Sports Chat. Award-winning, yes, if only in my own mind. I would be Ross Brendel. I am on that Twitter machine at Brendel Ross. Joining me for the preview review or review preview edition is Mr. Daniel House from Gophers Guru. He is on the Twitter machine at Daniel House NFL. Daniel, it's great to catch up with you. Not so great result this last weekend at Happy Valley for the Gophers, but always great to catch up with you. Ross, uh, three-game stretch was tough for the Gophers. Now enter that final five and see see what happens. So we don't need to spend a ton of time on the game on Saturday because I don't think that there is a, a lot to talk about. But one thing I do want to spend a little bit of time on is the Gophers defense in Penn State just going up and down the field all night long. Here is one of those plays, by the way, a Tyler Warren touchdown catch on what I can only assume is busted or broken coverage. Second and eight, wide open, inside the 10, and into the end zone. Tyler Warren, touchdown, Nittany Lions. That is Joe Tessitore on ABC, who for some reason uh, was treating that like it was the college football playoff. But anyways, we're happy for Joe Tessitore. We're happy for the Penn State Nittany Lions victorious 45 to 17 in the wideout house. I thought they would struggle offensively and the Gophers for the most part, I I thought did struggle offensively. I thought the defense would at least be functional to the point where it might be a game where you were never truly in it, but you never felt out of it. That was not the case this past Saturday in happy Valley. It was a weird game though, because I thought, you know, you go back and review it and the defense, it's only 10 to three late in the second quarter. So there was just a monster lapse that occurred right after that, where they gave up a couple of explosive plays and covered two defense just in the middle of the field, didn't quite execute. And in the red zone had a nice play design where they went trips to the boundary, flooded one side of the field, vertical route to the tight end, just didn't get deep enough on the drop, put a lot of pressure on Mariano by spreading the, the defense out through design using motion sort of building off the first explosive play of the tight end. So credit Penn State for a good defensive scheme. And now you got to regroup, figure out how to make adjustments defensively. Because I thought early on that the defense certainly wasn't an issue. But, Ross, you know what? you got to be able to sustain some stuff on offense to take a little pressure off your defense. Because when the offense is on the field for a short amount of time, it's more difficult to make adjustments. You don't have as much time to. Defense gets tired. They played 86 plays the previous uh, 86 snaps the previous week. So, you know, there's fatigue that plays in there's adjustment stuff like it all plays together. So there's certainly, you know, blame to pass around. But now Minnesota has to figure out how to play a complimentary football game in all three phases, which they haven't been able to do. Ethan Kaliak Manis gets the start for Tanner Morgan. He goes 9 of 22, 175 yards for a touchdown and an interception. 
I actually thought Ethan looked about as functional as you could hope for him to look for in really the first meaningful playing time he's had in his college career in a hostile environment. I thought he looked good when they allowed him to try and do some things. I'll get my only real negative comment out of the way because I didn't expect the Gophers to win, which is really kind of disappointing. I think when you get to year six of a regime that there's games that you don't expect your your favorite college football team can win. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try and choose. Actually, no, I probably won't. Uh, after the Wally interception returned inside the 15, I really thought that was just an embarrassing set of downs. Uh, I, I, I will say this for as much as I love PJ. I know people say that I, I probably rip on him too much or they think I'm too hard on him. Oftentimes, I think he's very risk averse and he coaches not to lose versus trying to win games. I know you're trying to get your kid's feet wet and you're trying to give him confidence. I didn't think any of those three plays helped anybody. It, it, I mean, you wait, in my opinion, you waved the white flag right away when you were gift. When Wally didn't take it back, it's sad that in my mind, House, I knew they would settle for a field goal because I knew there wouldn't be one shot to the end zone or one legitimate play unless it was Mo running people over to the end zone. I, I just thought it was an embarrassing set of downs to try and set the tone for a game that you would need to steal. That is not how you steal a game. Well, we talked about it last week, Ross. I said a defensive play was needed to sort of get a spark going or potentially set yourself up with a short field. And I'm going, hey, Justin Wally makes a play, uh, doesn't run it into the end zone, but sets you up in the red zone. And here you go. Here's your moment that you can sort of start strong here and, and assert yourself on the road, sort of take the crowd out of it. I was surprised that on first or second down, they didn't take a shot at the end zone. And because they didn't, got minimal yardage and then they had the false start, they were way behind the sticks. And at that point, when you're that far behind the sticks, you're going, all right, well, I'm not going to make a mistake here. You know, create a uh, turnover, try to get points and move on. But yeah, I thought that the confidence factor is huge with teams where it's like, okay, let's, let's be aggressive here. So be it. If there's an interception in the end zone, it's a touchback and, whatever the the defense runs it out and you're you know you backed up the offense and the defense can maybe get a takeaway or do something again like I just felt like that was a moment in the game where you could have gained some major confidence if you could have got seven points there and been aggressive how see Ibrahim does go over the 100 yard mark he has 30 carries though to get there and his longest carry of the day I believe was 13 yards that that's a problem, isn't it? I mean, Mo's got to get bigger chunks than that, and I don't think that that is really entirely on him. It's probably more on the offensive line. Well, and it's it's also the factor of how defenses are playing you. They're putting defenders in the box, and they're saying win on the perimeter, and Lemecki Brockton was able to do that, and you saw the pressure that that took off when he was able to you know, vertically separate on a goal ball, and Cali Kamanis put it in there with nice touch, and then the zone read game with Kelly Manis and then a scramble and they scored right before half. And you're like, man, the Gophers are in this thing. Get the ball first out of the half, maybe get something going. But, you know, I look at it as you got to be able to be multidimensional offensively and they just could not find any groove early down. Efficiency was poor, which I think when this team's successful, they're able to find that rhythm of first and second down. They're not in long down situations. And that was the case throughout the game against Penn State. It's been a theme in these last three games. So I look at it as you got to be able to 
get the ball out in space, maybe use some screens. You went against three teams that are just downhill aggressive attacks. Rutgers has blitzed a little bit in the in the top half of the Big Ten in blitzing, so they are aren't afraid to do that as well. And I I really like their pass rush and cornerback Christian Brandswell. I think he's flashed on film as well. So you know this is a game too where it's you have to be able to get the ball out in space more, especially on first and second down. Get easy yardage so you're not in situations where you're climbing uphill all night, which has been sort of the the theme recently. We're going to whip through some questions from the Twitter machine and preview Rutgers in just moments. But first, I need to tell everybody all about the fine folks at Beans Coffee Company. If you have not been to coffeebybeans.com, again, coffeebybeans.com, and you like to think you're a coffee drinker, maybe you think you even know a little bit about coffee. Well, if you haven't checked out their blends and what they have for you, you're missing out. Coffeebybeans.com. They can set you up with a coffee subscription with your favorite blend, or you can just order by the bag. Three bags or more ship for free at coffeebybeans.com. Those subscriptions, they can also set those up in one- to eight-week intervals. The coffee just shows up. You don't have to do anything once you get it set up. That's pretty sweet. Promo code SPORTSCHAT. Promo code SPORTSCHAT, one word, saves you some cash at checkout. Again, coffeebybeans.com promo code sports chat i'm lagging a bit today maybe it's just the play of the gophers maybe it's you know other things in the air i need some more of that beans coffee company i might have to go make some beans here shortly just sounds good just saying coffeebybeans.com makes me a little bit happy can you see the smile on my face daniel coffee makes me happy I know I had to get my Starbucks today. I was ready to rock with that nitro cold brew, man. It's like the the motor oil fuel. Look at you when I'm doing this stuff. Can you feel yourself like take off after your first few sips of coffee? Because I can. I tell you that the nitro is amazing. That stuff is the best. And, and I, you don't need to spice it up or anything. That You just go right with it. That's my football juice during the fall. That's actually uh, another great point for my friends at Beans Coffee Company. The coffee's so good, you don't need to add anything to it. I love that. I love That's that stuff. Uh, let's talk about Rutgers here a little bit. I actually joined a pod. Uh, basically, I was the behind the enemy lines. I was on a Rutgers pod. And, and talking with uh, the host of the pod... Uh, by about 10 minutes into the podcast house, I came to the uh, conclusion both uh, fan bases are very similar and both teams right now are challenged in the same ways. Both play okay defense, pretty good defense. Both are having a lot of trouble on offense. So that lends me to think it, it could be a grinded out close game. Gophers are favored by 14. I don't know if I would touch that. Would be awesome if the Gophers won by 14 or more. But what do you know about Rutgers? What can you tell us about Rutgers? I know they've played like seven different quarterbacks this year. So that that I think that's a decent sign for the Gophers. But you, you tell me. Yeah, well, they have offensive challenges. And Noah Vedrule started last week. But, you know, obviously he was coming back from injury that he sustained in training camp. So, uh, you know, Gavin Wimsat, uh, Evan Simon both mixed in while Vedrule was gone offensively they're dead last in the explosiveness metrics so they're not you know creating a lot of explosive plays which uh, definitely is something where the Gophers defense could get back on track playing an offense like this their bottom half in a lot of offensive categories one of the worst teams in America on passing down so 
you got to knock them off schedule. Look, they made a coordinator change out of the bye week. Campanelli running their offense. Uh, and Nunzio's back. Our boy Nunzio. Nunzio's back. Just trying to run the ball more. Uh, Sam Brown, a physical freshman back who uh, generates yards after contact. Makes people miss had seven force missed tackles last week. So they, they leaned on running the ball, play action, sprint out stuff. Uh, Aaron Crookshanks, the number one playmaker there. They get him out in space. He can threaten you at all three levels. So you got to tackle well and wrap up. I think Minnesota's got to improve on second down, Ross. They have 52% success rate allowed on second down in these last three games. And they've been doing okay on first down, which is, I mean, that 36% success rate, which is very good. And the average to go distance on second down is eight yards. So what you're seeing is teams are overcoming uh, obstacles on second down. And, and Minnesota's playing some zone. They're hitting those windows, popping off some successful runs. So I want to see them get better on second down, improve the pass rush. I look at Rutgers' defense, though, Ross. That's where the strength is. I mean, Joe Harris-Simiak, former Gophers at co-DC and safeties coach, is – Got the team playing with great fundamentals. I look at their pass rush. That's what people need to watch. Wesley Bailey is a phenomenal player, uh, has really come on strong with Aaron Lewis. Both of them have high pass rush win rates. I wrote about that on the website. You can go see how impressive their pass rush duo Lewis and uh, Bailey has been. I mean, I think they should be getting more love for how well they're playing. I mentioned uh, Christian Braswell a little bit ago talking about just the way that he – uh, plays in the back end at uh, cornerback. I mean, 39.3 passer rating when targeted. So uh, this is a game where the pass rush, you, you can't get behind the sticks against this team or you're going to be you're going to be in trouble and struggling to score points. So maybe this is a low scoring game. I don't know what to expect, but I know I'm very impressed with Rutgers defense and think that they got a good squad there. My guy Rob from the Philly Mongos podcast, he asked me how to pronounce a defensive coordinator guy's name, and I basically passed. I said, you're going to have to tell me. So I'm glad that you got that out there. Can you say that again? Joe Harris-Simiak? Yeah, that's that's a tough one to say for me. I don't know why, it just is. I want to play P.J. Fleck here because he touches on something that I want to follow up on. So this is P.J. PJ Fleck previewing the Rutgers game. This comes courtesy of the Gopher Sports YouTube channel. You know, I think we have a very confident football team that needs to be get back to playing confident, you know, uh, but that's that's earned as well. You know, that just doesn't happen. I mean, you can build that with, you know, truth, authenticity, proof, things like that. I mean, that that's how that's how confidence is really, um, you know, is really born, you know, um, of people being very real with you. So, you know, our, our, obviously we don't like where we're at uh, with, with three straight, but we don't look at it that way. I think I have to say that because that's how you guys think of it. As I said in the post game, it's one game championship season. We were 0-1, unfortunately, against Penn State. Didn't play well enough to win, um, but our team came in yesterday ready to respond, ready to go. And I wouldn't expect anything less. So he says it's a confident team that they need to get confident, and I do understand what he's trying to say there. I think the biggest thing going forward for the Gophers, and it starts this Saturday, 1.30 p.m., the Huntington mm-hmm. Bank Stadium, you got to avoid the checkout factor. Yep. I think you just do. This is a roster that thought they could compete, and i I got to be honest, I'm assuming some of them thought they would win the Big Ten West. It's it's not ruled out. It still can happen, but it's it's mm-hmm. unlikely. So I think you have to avoid the checkout factor, and, and I think 
It would be a really good sign if the Gophers win this game comfortably. I think that would be a great sign. Grinding it out and winning can be effective too, but this game lends itself to going the other way if the team is truly checked out. So I'm really interested to see what does the first quarter look like? What does the first 15 to 20 minutes look like? And if there are challenges, how does the team respond to that? Because I think we're in a really dangerous spot here for everybody involved with the program if things don't start off so well on Saturday afternoon against Rutgers. Well, this is a game that sets the tone for the rest of the season. You're on a three-game losing streak. You got to try to figure out some solutions to, you know, attack how people are scheming you, clean things up, play complimentary in all three phases. This is a team that has to start fast, Ross, and it has not happened the last three games. They have scored three combined points in first quarters over the past three games and have gotten behind, and that has definitely hurt their ability to be successful. This is a group that has to come out in rhythm get started early, you know, control the game, feel that flow and not be, you know, digging themselves in a hole, which I think you, what you got to do is you got to come out, you got to take the football, go on a drive it down the field and assert yourself and say, Hey, this three game losing streak is coming to an end, get some confidence back. And then, you know, like, like we said, there's winnable games down the stretch here and going to Lincoln next week certainly won't be an easy task as well. It, that team's got some dynamic playmakers. Trey Palmer is one of the highest graded receivers in the nation right now. They're scoring points. Their defense is not very good. But, you know, all these games down the stretch, you should be able to compete in. But I also look at now, it's like, okay, this Rutgers game is like that big moment in the season where you want to see how does this team respond after losing three games in a row back at home, uh, a lot of connections between these two programs. I mean, Greg Schiano had Kirk Shiraka as offensive coordinator. Uh, Joe uh, Rossi worked at Rutgers. Joe Harris-Simiak a defensive coordinator. Greg Schiano is one of PJ's biggest mentors. Like, there are so many storylines in this game as well. So I, I'm looking forward to just seeing how it all shakes out. Some questions from Twitter I want to get to. Then we'll take a quick look around the Big Ten. A couple of these questions I, I think I can combine. A Maiden Minnesota asks us, what is the biggest difference in the Gophers the last three games versus the first four games besides the quality of their opponents? And I think you just hit on it. It's those, it's those slower starts not allowing you, I think, to play the type of game that you want to a team that might be a little challenged offensively in the passing game probably doesn't want to be coming from behind. Yeah, it's a factor. And I also think the style of play defensively that they faced the past three games, everybody said, we're going to play man coverage. You're going to put an extra defender in the box. You're going to take away that RPO game with the man coverage and force you to have to get separation downfield. Play Lamecki Brockington, because I think, he gave you something, a little juice, being able to get open. I liked him during fall camp. We talked a lot about that. He had a nice catch. Had a nice hey, catch Lemecki, in the game. Lemecki can play, and I feel as if, you know, he was injured a couple of times and sort of stunted his development a bit. But get him reps because he's showing he can make plays. He can run quality routes. And I feel like his – you know, he hasn't even been scratched the surface of what he can be yet. I, I very much like his potential and think we saw a flash there. So it, it's stylistically how teams are playing Minnesota these past three games. It's been 
sort of tweak different for each one that they played, but the core principle has been the same. So Minnesota's got to be able to get something going vertically, sort of take some pressure off and force teams to maybe, you know, dedicate a defender in coverage and open up the running game too. Florida Key Master, love that name, by the way, Florida Key Master. That's got to be a play on the Florida Keys. And Daniel Carlson, I wonder if it is that Daniel Carlson. <laughs> they, they ask a, a form of the same thing. One, are the offensive woes, at least in the passing game, is that more on Shiraka or is that more on the receivers? And with that, how have the Gophers missed on wide receivers the last few years? Yeah, well, you just look at the names that didn't end up panning out, and it's tough to, you know, build a depth chart when that's the case. I mean, Doug Million, Jonathan Mann, Dylan McGill, uh, Brady Boyd, Dalen Wright hasn't, you know, burst onto the scene like I thought I would. Going to practices, it's like this dude, it, it is so weird, Ross, because Dalen Wright showed so much skill and natural ability when I was at practices and just hasn't been able to put it together in games. Like I left practices going, man, that Dalen Wright is kind of the key player. If he can accelerate forward and become that one, two punch with bell, then bell got hurt. Wright didn't step up. And now, you know, that kind of hurt them because they had some guys that had less experience and certainly trying to find guys that can, you know, win these one-on-one matchups and, and get open. So, you know, it's a combination of like missing on some guys that, that didn't fit. And then also, you know, you take that transfer in Dalen Wright, hoping that he can be that that type of star receiver, and it just hasn't happened. So I'd say get Shrock has proven. Look what they did in 2019 when they had personnel. Rashad Bateman, Tyler Johnson, Chris Ottman-Bell, Demetrius Douglas, all those guys at receiver. Look at what the offense looked like. It was multidimensional. So they have to figure this receiver thing out and hit the portal, probably get two guys this year. And emphasize speed you know me i am team speed guy offensively i believe in that it's one of the core things that you have to have offensively so minnesota's got to figure that out this offseason and get some guys in here i think and i do want to correct myself i want to give credit to the right people henry hughes and daniel carlson asking forms of wide receiver related questions florida key master i'll get to his actual real question here in a second but i do want to follow up on our guy dalen wright do we know what's happening there? I've been it's been hard to find any news on on what's going on. Is he injured? Is it disciplinary? Do we expect him to play on Saturday? Also, do we expect Tanner Morgan to play on Saturday? PJ Flex said it's, you know, you got to do things right on and off the field. So, uh, you know, take that for what it's worth. It sounds like Ray. disciplinary to me and sorry yeah, I missed that. But and they asked this week, will he be available? Do you expect him to be able to play? He said we do. So we will see what that means. But like I said, give Lamecki Brockington reps. That's my philosophy on it. Tanner Morgan uh, working his way through the steps on the concussion protocol. Um, we'll see where he's at. Uh, you know, they're not going to rush this thing back. Uh, Tanner's health's a priority. So if he's not quite ready, Aethan will play again. But uh, at this point, we don't exactly know where Tanner's at. We probably won't until right before kickoff. Yeah, I I think the Gophers can win the game regardless of who the quarterback is. I, I'd feel more confident if it was Tanner. Long-term growth of the program, I don't think it's a bad thing at all anytime Ethan has to play. But I do think the Gophers can win the game regardless of who plays quarterback. Final question from the Twitter machine. 
Thoughts on next year's schedule? This is from Florida Keymaster. Thoughts on next year's schedule? If you want to be the best, you got to play the best. The Gophers get the best of the Big Ten in theory next year in 2023. I got to be honest, I'm okay playing Ohio State and Michigan. I know those are tough games to win. I get it. But, I mean, I don't know. I guess I'd rather see them than Maryland and Rutgers. It's nice to in theory, play teams that you feel like you match up better against and have a better chance to win. But if this is truly a program that P.J. Fleck wants to be a national contender and that he's building up or hopefully building up to be that, I think it benefits you more to play Michigan and Ohio State than it does to play some of the other opponents. Hey, let's play, you know, Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State crossover games, uh, Nebraska week one, who's the head coach? We'll see. Like, hey, this is how it works. And when you look at what the conference is going to look like with USC and UCLA coming in, it's only going to get tougher. Division's going away. Like, you might as well get ready. Might as well play the best. Get used to it because that's how it's going to be. You're not going to have an easy schedule, you know, you just gift it yeah. to you all the time. Like you, you got to go out and earn it against the best. And that's what makes the big 10 fun, dude. We show people should be excited about having Ohio state, Michigan on the schedule, because those are the game. Those teams are filled with talent. And we can just enjoy, you know, watching those guys play and see how Minnesota does. I, I agree. And they should be excited. And I'm excited. And it's fun to see those opponents come to Huntington bank stadium when they do. But I will say this, and I'm sorry to say this, but it's true. That's the damn shame in this year, Daniel House. It it just is. The schedule was set up for you if you could do your job. And for a number of reasons, it just hasn't happened. But to me, that's the real disappointment of where we are right now on record date of October 27th. If you would have asked me, if you would have told me, Four games into the Big Ten season, the Gophers are either three and one or one and three. For as negative as I can be, I never would have said they'd be one and three. So that's to me, that is the part that hurts a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it was all there for him, and it, and I, the the door is still slightly ajar. I mean, Especially if Nebraska beats Illinois this weekend. Well, Upset special. I was saying saying like the other day, like weird things happen. Look at the Chris Hoffman Bell injury. Like certain things go crazy. You just, you never know. You got to win your football games and see what happens. This is the, like we said earlier, this is the moment in the season where we will learn where the Gophers headspace is at. How are they going to respond to a three game losing streak, coming back home and having an opportunity to get some confidence back, and sort of set the stage for this final five games that, you know, you should be favored in these football games. Yeah, the other side to that coin house is if you would have told me at the beginning of the year, because I, I think I maybe said this in the preview pod, I think you kind of got to go six and three in the conference. Seven and two would be preferable. But if you go six and three, then you just see where it gets you. Well, they go for yeah. still, they still have an opportunity to do that. They got to win out. But again, will they win out? I don't know. Uh, my gut says probably not. But is there a game on this schedule that you don't think they couldn't win? No. Well, here's the thing, Ross, is it it seems like PJ Flex teams always get better as the season goes on. Like they seem to maybe start a little slower. They've found ways to win games. Uh, Like in 2019, they're able to overcome some of those things. But, you know, they reach that point where it's like, okay, now 
let's review things, let's self-scout, let's make adjustments and finish this thing strong. So let's see how they do this year when that when that adversity hits, how do they respond? Where is the team at right now? That's what I want to see. How do they come out? Do they come out strong, convincing, start fast, and we see some different adjustments that they made? That's kind of how I'm anticipating it because PJ said they evaluated a lot of things this week. Even Joe Rossi said they made a lot of tweaks. Here's your Big Ten slate for this upcoming weekend. An 11 a.m. game is Ohio State at Penn State. That's your marquee game of the day. Rutgers mm-hmm. at Minnesota at 1.30. A couple of games at a dentist favorite time, 2.30. Illinois at Nebraska. Upset special, Nebraska. Northwestern at Iowa. Woof, if you want offense. You want to see offense set back 100 years. Give yourself three hours of that game on Saturday. And Michigan State at Michigan. Your thoughts on that slate, Daniel? Yeah, I'm interested in Illinois, Nebraska, honestly, because I feel as if, you know, Nebraska's sort of gotten better as the season's gone on offensively. They have weapons, like I said earlier. Defense is still not very good, but Illinois coming out of a bye week, had some time to sort of evaluate where they're at, come up with, schemes for down the stretch here. I trust Illinois' coaching staff the most of the of anybody right now at the top of the Big Ten West just because I feel as if they are wonderfully blending new school with old school and it's working super well. And Purdue had the classic game last week, Ross, where Jeff Brom overcoached and was just hollering and yelling and trying to force things and getting in people's heads. There is an annual game every year where Jeff Brom overcoaches, and it was last week. Is that Broming? Is that our term for that? We have Clemsoning, we have Gophering, and now do we have Broming? I call it Broming. Once a year, we've got a Brom overcoach performance. <laughs> I love it. Everybody listening right now, if they're not a subscriber to GophersGuru.com, why should they be and what will they find, Daniel? You will find uh, lots of different content options, uh, film breakdowns, advanced stat stuff, uh, features, news articles, anything that you're looking for, kind of a next-gen approach to uh, go for football and go for athletics coverage, gophersguru.com. $5 a month is the subscription package. Next week when we talk, we will review a big win over Rutgers and we'll preview, hopefully, a nice win over Nebraska. Sound fair to you? Sounds good to me. I'm I'm ready. Always love some football chat with you, man. That's Daniel House. Find him on the Twitter machine at Daniel House NFL and make sure you are subscribing to GophersGuru.com. No better time than right now. Also, Ben Johnson's soon-to-be national championship basketball team. They hit the floor here in just boy about a week. So you'll want to stay tuned for that as well. That'll do it for edition number 139 of Minnesota Sports Chat, the preview and review edition. Thanks to Daniel House. I'm Ross Brendel saying thank you so much for listening. And please rate and review kindly, subscribe, and tell your friends.